Hi everyone and welcome to the Pyramid Podcast. Uh, I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to another episode. Um, love that you're here. Uh, and uh, as is a pattern this year, we have another new guest. Uh, <laughs> and this one's going to be this one. Like, I always look forward to new guests, uh, but this one I'm particularly excited about. Um, yeah, because I have no idea where this conversation is going to go, and it's going to be fantastic. So. Um, <laughs> welcome to the podcast, Raya Robin. Hi, guys! Super happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Um, and it, yeah, it's been a we've uh, become good friends rather quickly, actually. Um, and um, that's I love that. I love it when that happens. Um, Raya is, um, according to her Twitter bio, anyway, a a herbalist, a health coach, a writer, and a Reiki healer. Um, and uh, yeah, um, she's also very creative um, <laughs> as well. Uh, and so <laughs> uh, that may come up today. Um, we have a lot of similar interests in terms of creativity. So yeah, welcome. Hey. I love when people call me creative as a descriptor. It just makes more sense than all the other things that I, all my other monikers, just a creative makes the most sense for me. So thank you for that. Makes me all warm and fuzzy. Oh, no. You, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, um, you've definitely had an impact on my creative journey recently. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and anyone who's heard Raya singing on Twitter um, in some of the videos that she's posted there will know how great she is um, at that. So, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, tell us a bit of your of your story. Yeah. So it's a wild one. And I tell different versions on different podcasts as, you know, themes are important. But since you're like, just tell me your story. I can tell the more uh, fleshed out version and I'll try to keep it concise. Um, awesome. But yeah, I, I'm i a military brat. Um, I was born on Guam and my mom married a military guy. Um, and we traveled a bunch. I grew up bas- basically my whole life in Germany. Uh, it's the longest place we ever stayed. Oh, wow. So it was, Yeah, it was a huge influence on my life. I lived there for nine whole years. So just this tiny little Filipino girl living in Germany, taking on the very blunt German way of being, plus being the like warm Filipino blood, you know, it's a very uh, interesting thing. Um, I currently live in Portland, Oregon with my kids. I got two little rascals, my husband and uh, our best friend lives with us. He was on the podcast too, Atlas. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we're, we're having a grand old time. It's been a long fought journey to find a place where you can just be safe to be creative again. Um, when I was living in Germany, we basically joined a cult and it was a very Pentecostal, so lots of like spiritual. Uh, what's the word for that? That's not an asshole word. <laughs> it, it's a lot of it's a lot of spiritual performance. Um, I was a worship leader for a long time. I was the girl who ran the coffee shop and ran the nursery and did all the plays. I was incredibly involved, like seven days a week involved, and. It has been 
a journey of self-discovery and grief and therapy to kind of ease into the fact that I am a creative person and I am super happy about it because it's been a fight through hell, to be honest. (laughs) Not only did I grow up in a cult, I landed in a different one. (laughs) I lived in South Carolina and was at a prophecy school because I was living the life that other people wanted me to live rather than my own. So the big blue house off Division Street here with my husband, my kids, my best friend. It's been kind of like a rebirth process, Um, which I know I told my story this way and that way and that way, but it's the best way to describe it is I'm I'm coming back, the comeback kid. (laughs) I... um, I worked at bookstores and I worked in coffee shops and video stores and basically just ran myself rampant because I thought that that was the way to be spiritual, you know, to be of service to people all the time. And it, uh, it blew up in my face when I found out that the school, quote unquote, that I was attending gave me a fake ass bachelor's degree in theology. So I, uh, I spiraled for a while until I found herbalism. And that was such a huge moment for me. It was the first time I connected with my, like my roots, my Filipino roots, because we use herbal medicine all the time. And then I started a business to help people. And it was incredibly fruitful, like getting to help people's like back pain and stomach problems and seeing it in real time was dope. But somewhere in the middle of that, after my second baby was born, I uh, got diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And so that was not as harsh of a blow as, hey, by the way, your degree is fake. (laughs) But it was like, my body's like, hey, we can't keep doing this. It's too much. And so I'm kind of on this path of, okay, what next? And I think it's a lot more writing. Um, But yeah, I hope that answered your question and it wasn't too convoluted. (laughs) No, not at all. No, it's, that's, that's, yeah, that's an amazing journey. I mean, that's, I'm sure you've condensed a lot of information into, into like five or six minutes there. Um, (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, that, that stuff about creativity and being, it being so painful is that resonates mm-hmm. with me a lot. Um, people who know my story know I've been through a lot of a lot of grief and pain and trauma and betrayal and things creatively. Um, mm-hmm. Had my work stolen by somebody for profit, um, and I kind of used I tried I kind of used writing for a while as a way to fill the void that my mother left. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, is not not healthy um um so writing is not easy um uh, yeah I, I haven't really written much recently but yeah it's funny interesting i've always been curious about how our creative journey is tied into our personal journey and our spiritual journey and how they kind of intersect um mm-hmm. really interesting has that been your experience 
Yeah. Talk about your work being stolen, right? I can tell you I can tell you this and I'm not going to name drop because I don't want people coming after us. <laughs> but back when I was at the cult in South Carolina, I was approached by a pretty prominent Christian music producer. Uh, me and one other gal. Oh, I haven't told the story anywhere. So this is going to be a first. Um, <laughs> talk about turning turning pain into creativity. Um, but we were, me and this other gal were approached about doing an album, just the two of us, because we were um, storyteller songwriters rather than like worship songwriters, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then I guess something happened. It was probably to do with, like he couldn't pick favorites or something like that. So we did a collective album and it's so bad. I'm going to send you the link, James, but it's (laughs) so bad. Um, I wrote, I wrote a song and everyone loved it, but (laughs) we're in the studio like in the studio, it's freezing cold. And the producer looks at my ex-boyfriend, talk about pain, looks at me and goes, the song is missing another verse and you need to write it right now. And I'm like, what? I, I can't do that. That, that part of the song took years to write. And he goes, nope, tap into Holy Spirit and just do it. And so I'm like, okay, I guess I can do that. I put my coat on, my like thrift store coat, and I grabbed my pack of cigarettes that everybody hated. And I grabbed my notebook and I went and sat outside and cranked out the most stale verse of all time. It was trite and it used uh, imagery from Revelation. And I was just like, fine, you want something? I'll give it to you, but it's not me. And around the time the album came out was my graduation from that school and they wanted me to sing my song. And then they were like, wait, we need to highlight the boys. So they took that. So they took my song from me. They took my performance from me. And then they took all of our profit from it. Oh, man. Like we were supposed to, we were supposed to all get cuts. And then the producer was like, well, when I did the math, I actually put in way more work than y'all did. So um, we're taking your money. Wow. Yeah. Um, so there's a I feel that. out on the out on the internet, there is a song that doesn't even sound like me, but has some of my most deep spiritual moments in it. And I don't, I don't get my name on it anymore. Wow, that's all. I'm so sorry that happened. Um, like yeah. I say, I, I resonate. Um, like I said, I've told the story on this podcast before. I, you know, I, I wrote a, I wrote an ebook uh, and on writing. And this guy was a writing mentor for me. Um, so he agreed to look at it. He was a published author already. Um, and he did, and I published it. He helped promote it, and it did well. And I got, I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like sold, so it was given away free. Uh, but it did well. Mm. 
Um, and then I noticed that in some courses and books that he wrote in the, the next couple of years, it was the same ideas, exactly the same ideas as mine. Um, in fact, actually, I was publishing when I while I was working on my first book. The person who was publishing it, we were because we were planning a second one, and they sent me an email saying, "Have you heard of this guy?" Because I've just read his book, and it's like exactly the ideas that we're talking about for your second book, which obviously never happened. That second book never happened, but it was like, oh my gosh, right, this is crazy, and it just killed me. It was like a stab it's so back. evil, and it's uh, it was a white guy, obviously, uh, yeah. uh, narcissist, you know, whatever, um, claimed to be a Christian, uh, all of that. So. Um, just yeah uh, it's always that way though isn't it someone that you look up to sees something ingenious in you and takes it like yeah this producer because i was at a prophetic school right so they just believed that anything that came to their brain was like god or whatever um so right before our uh, like right before we finished the final song, he went through and prophesied over everyone because that's healthy, right? Talk about narcissism. Um, <laughs> and what he said to me is something that I'm still working off. It's been 10 fucking years. Um, but he he said that I would have to work twice as hard to be half as legitimate because I'm so pretty. Oh. Isn't that just absolute bullshit? <laughs> oh, I have no word for that. That is... That's the no words gif right there. Um, <laughs> no, oh my goodness. Oh, oh some people. I just, yeah. It's just heinous. And like, my husband says it this way he says, the best people in the world are always the ones that get fucked because the universe is not fair. You know, <laughs> like, you had this wonderful idea i had this song and people take advantage where they can which i think is one of the reasons why i'm so uh if y'all follow me on twitter you know it's i'm so hell-bent on taking everything back like everything music poems prose narrative research everything that i ever gave that or was taken from me. I'm taking that shit back. And like that I think is the mark of a creative person, right? It's like the tenacity to continue. And that's very much my story. Kind of going back to the first question is like I just refused to stay. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, it's yeah. Oh. Um, and yeah, because I've barely written for seven years. I've uh, I've uh, written a few blog posts and contributed to a book on embodiment, which I'd completely forgotten about. I'd completely forgotten about it. That's how li- wow. That's how little I write. <laughs> um, uh, um, and um, and I've told people more about that on my social media platforms because it's exciting. Um, but yeah, uh, I just writing was too painful. It was taking it to mm-hmm. my body. Uh, mm-hmm. But the good, I, I couldn't stop creating because this podcast started around that time, and it mm-hmm. became my creative outlet. So 
Um, I kind of have that guy to thank for this podcast. So, <laughs> I the other thing that I do is I um, not only am I an herbalist, I also like coach people through the process of like figuring out what to do next after they deconstruct. Um, and yesterday, I spent a lot of time talking with a young writer and act actor, um, and I just like read Rilke to them for like the first half uh, because now that we're talking about creativity, one of the questions that Rilke asks is like, you can't look outside yourself. Like who's going to tell you what's good and what's not good? Like, of course I'm paraphrasing, but he, uh, he said all good art comes out of necessity. So you need to ask yourself, do you need to write? Do you need to create? And if the answer is no, you have no business creating. Like, it's so good because it's like he he said, if you go into the well of your darkest night and the answer is yes, then you will never ask anyone if your work is good or not, because it's something you need to do. And I said it this way to that client. I was like, writing, creating, singing, making music that is not frivolous. If it's something you would die without, it's a need. Don't you need to take your pills? And the lights like went off in her eyes and she was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense to me. I have to. It's not frivolous. It's not a waste of my time. It's not being um, self-absorbed. It's something that I need. And like, I think that if we follow back, you know, throughout all the pain, throughout all of the years of trying to figure it out. If that need persists, you know, through people stealing your writing, people stealing my writing, people making me perform, trying to make me connect to God for them, you know, like the need was still there. I had to do it, you know, mm. and I think that that's, that's the wellspring of everything that I do now. Like Rilke says in that first letter in Letters to a Young Poet, like, if your answer is yes, you must write, then you must build your whole life around that necessity. And like, I, I think about that a lot because I have a lot of created friends that are jaded like me, but will tweet for days. Like, we're still writing. That counts. You know, I have friends that have notes apps full of songs that they've written and I'm like, that that fucking counts just because it doesn't look like full manuscripts or like, I don't know, I'm ranting now. I just want everybody to do the stuff that they want to do. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I agree. I mean, I, I don't know of I've had a lot of creative coaching sessions with like Rob Bell when he did them during the early stages of the pandemic. And one of the things and I talked to him about my writing trauma and he said, he said, uh, he said a lot of things to me, but one of the things he said, you just have, you just have all these ideas. You have so many ideas that other people steal them and you still have more ideas after that. Like, <laughs> right. Um, and these words are just yeah. in you and they're just like, you just, you just need to get them out of you. Um, yeah. One thing that he's always said as well, I know in podcasts and talks that he's done on creativity is like, he knows when he needs to make something when, if he doesn't make it, he'll spontaneously combust, right? He just yes. can make it, right? 
It's just like it's, yes. it's either that or it's either make it or die kind of thing. Yes, uh, it's just in in your body, and you just have to make it. It just has to. It just has to. It has to be birthed into the world. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm waiting to feel that with writing. Um, but um, that's why I do podcasts because I just can't not do podcasts. <laughs> I love making them. And it's the, sh- it's the sharing of story it yeah, counts exactly. Yeah, and and I'm glad you said Twitter is is writing because I tweet a lot. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and I write a lot. I am very online. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was thinking about that. Um, there was something, something back there a couple seconds ago um, about you have so many things in your head. I. Uh, this is a secret, and I'm going to tell your whole following. Um, I have a library built in my brain. Me and my therapist built it so that I could organize all those wild ideas that I have. Um, and so sometimes I will have a gin and tonic and a cigarette, and I'll just be staring out into the abyss because I'm in my my brain library. And Dalton's like, hey, are you going to come in? It's so cold outside. And I'm like, I'm working, actually. It just doesn't look like work. <laughs> I have a notebook just in case. And I'm like, I can figure this out, right? Like, I got, I, it, it's cooking in there, is what I, that's what I always say. I was like, it's it's cooking. I'm cooking. Um, because some ideas are so precious that you don't want them to be premature. You want them to have like a full-blown plot and characters that exist in your brain and all that stuff. So I have so much respect for waiting until it's time. Mm. You know, tweet all day, but wait until it's time. Um, Just because there's not only are there predator assholes that are going to come and swipe when they can, but because there's so much good art out right now. You know, we were tick, tick, boom, you know, talking about um, like all of the crazy, like new singers that are coming out and new writers that are coming out. We're getting more, uh, more queer writing than I've ever seen before. Like as far as like novels and things like that. So the more that we keep those ideas to ourselves and, consume media in a realistic way the more those things flush out and then when it's ready it's ready you know um I don't know I just think that it's really we're in a really beautiful time for people like us and I think it has to do with the pandemic because we have to sit alone with our feelings we can't like you know go meet someone at a bar and never think about our book again (laughs) absolutely yeah absolutely (laughs) Um, yeah uh yeah, I love that idea of a library of ideas in your head. Um, although me remembering ideas is difficult with ADHD. Um, but <laughs> um, like, uh, but but I love that. That reminded me of this. I don't know if you've ever seen Sherlock. Um, oh, I love it. But he has this mind palace, right, where he just mm-hmm. he keeps every bit of information that he encounters, everything. It's all in there and it's all organised. And he just goes in there and finds it and collects it and stuff. And I'm like, I, I just love the idea of creating a library in your head of ideas and then going in there and just like, okay, what am I going to, what is, what is it that wants to be made? What is it that is, 
saying hello it's time kind of thing you know and yeah. or how can i add to this idea or because i i often when i'm when i'm going for a walk if i'm going to the shops whatever i i sometimes daydream ideas i have mm-hmm. little bits and mm-hmm. pieces of ideas and images and stuff of things which kind of pop into my head and kind of ruminate in there and they you know every time i go for a walk they come back and it's you know i think about think about it um i just never have time to really sit down i'm always scared to kind of articulate them because i feel like sometimes articulating them makes them smaller like i don't know if you know what i mean suddenly when you you limit something to words it's like yeah, but it's more than that. <laughs> um, but- That's another thing that Rilke says. Oh, my God, I should have brought my book in here. Uh, he, he talks about all good art happens in unsayable things. Oh, that's good. I like, like that. It's so good. I love uh, – just Rilke is the best. Um, I and, and he talks about, like – you, you should walk around your neighborhood and you should take things in and you should write about what you know. Like, don't don't sit yourself into trite genres and force yourself to be like other people. Write about your life. And like, that that was a theme in Tick, Tick, Boom too, right? Like where um, uh, they said it was good. It was grand. It was too much. Um, for the next one, why, do, why don't you write about something you know? And it's like there's so much beauty in daydreaming I think because you're processing both information and stimuli um I've been doing a lot of reading about how uh music and scenery influence the mind I'm dating a therapist so (laughs) we talk about that all the time I resonate with that so much because often when I'm getting these ideas and daydreams in my head I'm listening to music. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> funnily enough, I've been listening to a Tick, Tick, Boom a lot recently. <laughs> and I often get ideas when I'm listening to that last song, uh, the finale. Um, mm-hmm. It just, I just, so yeah. I, yeah, that musical really kind of was like, whoa, this is like kind of my story a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because he does this thing and he writes this musical, which, doesn't seem that bad. I mean, I, I actually haven't seen the musical that never got played, but what I heard of it wasn't bad, and I was like, "This is all. This all seems really good." Like, but they don't want it, uh, mm-hmm. and he's devastated, and he wants to give up. Mm-hmm. He literally like goes, oh, "Can I just have your job? Like, can I just have a like a regular nine to five job, mm-hmm. um, writing for a writing music for writing jingles or something?" And um, mm-hmm. no, no, you can't. <laughs> you've got to keep doing this um, mm-hmm. and uh, thank god he did um we got yeah we got tick tick boom and we got rent from from that so um yeah it, it was yeah quite emotional watching that and but you're right you know when when music comes on certain songs in particular they kind of capture your imagination or they capture your they connect with your story mm-hmm. that, that gives birth to creativity right yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I was born in 1993, so like being a millennial that moved around a lot, music was kind of my only thing. I mean, writing too, like I had reams of notebooks and shit, but like 
that was my retreat into myself. And like, I talk about it a lot. Like, you know, I have the, uh, I have the infinite soundtrack for my Patreon people where I just add every single song that matters and I put it into order. Um, and I have, I have soundtracks for different trips that I take and I have soundtracks for when I'm feeling really sad and I really just need to cry because the way that the brain interacts with music has to do with not just memory, but how memory creates emotion. And it's just really important, I think. Um, thinking back on my story, there were times where the shame and guilt from ev evangelicalism like made me put away my guitar for a while. And I thought I was going to die, but I was like doing penance for whatever bad thing I did. I didn't get to make anything. Um, and there was a time where I stopped writing. And I feel like I'm getting all that time back right now because it's like idea after idea after idea. And for the first time in my whole life, I'm not picking apart that idea. I'm just putting it into one collective note on my phone. And if it's a melody, I'm putting it into my uh, voice thing and I'm letting it sit. I am very much, um, there's a video game term for it, completionist. I have to get all the side quests and I have to get everything at 100% uh, perfectionist bullshit, right? Um, <laughs> and, for the and for the first time in my life, I'm like, eh, I heard that tiny bit of a melody. I'm going to write it down and hopefully it'll come back you know, kind of just really being in the flow with stuff. And I really do feel like um, it's because I've kind of like given the middle finger to the rules that creative people have, you know. Uh, I had someone tell me that if I started writing three pages a day as soon as I woke up, like morning pages, that it would spark my creativity. And I'm like, all I want to do in the morning is think about my to-do list, hang out with my kids, have breakfast and a cigarette. There's no fucking way I'm going to sit and write. But maybe I can do that at nighttime. And so, like, there's a there's this really cool thing about, like, when you come from the background that was so heavily dogmatic and then kind of fought your way through the grief and the anger and the pain. Now there are no rules. Like you come up with principles by which you live your life, but there's no right and wrong. You know, there's do no harm, take no shit. Like, but there are no bars on your creativity because you're not serving a deity anymore. Does that make sense? Mm. Like your creativity is yours now and you can do with it what you want. It's not a gift that was given to you by anyone. It's something that lives inside of you. And that's why if you're supposed to create, you have to or you'll throw up. <laughs> that's right. I got, on a soap I got on a soapbox there for a minute. My bad. <laughs> I, I love that. I, 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 there's no question religious certainty hindered my creativity because it was like, and I even remember this. I was, I did a, I did a gap year with YWAM. Oh, and, oh my uh, goodness! And I had no idea at the time. I had no idea. Um, <laughs> Me neither. It's okay. Um, no idea what was going on, really. Um, uh, this is like 20, 20 years ago. So um, mm -hmm. over twenty years ago. Um, 
But I discovered in that year that I was able to write and and I had people telling me, oh, you've got a gift of writing and you need to use it. Kind of, you know, the kind of whole Christian thing of, you know, it's a it's a gift you've been given, therefore you have to use it. Uh, yes. Right. You had you don't have a choice. You have an obligation to use mm-hmm. and, and and to use it in a certain way. Right. So yes. this, this kind of got this kind of gets into your head and you think, oh, I've got to be a because I can write. I've got to be a Christian author who writes loads of Christian books to help people and has a platform and that I have to do that. That's, that's God is, that's God's plan. Right. Um, yeah. And it's like, well, you know, that kind of hindered my looking back, that probably hindered my creativity for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. um, just like even the kind of writing that I did, like I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't free to imagine any any like any kind of genre, any kind of creativity that I wanted, uh, it had to be Christian books, Christian blogs, Christian this, Christian that, right? And um, and that probably hindered my creativity. And um, and you know, and now it's uh, when I think about writing again, I, I, I don't even know what genre to go into, <laughs> what, mm-hmm. what type of writing to do. You know, should I write screenplay? Should I write plays? Should I write novels? Should I write, what kind of, should I write fiction? And I'm like, you know, and it's all open again. It's yeah. all open again. It's like anything is possible. Um, I even, I, I even caught myself one moment when I was listening to Tick, Tick, Boom. I was like, I love the idea of telling a story in music and I have no training in music. I can't read, I can't, I can't read music, but I love the idea of telling stories in this way. Like, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I wrote poetry when I was, when I was a teenager a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and I, I stopped writing poetry as an adult. Um, maybe I need to go back to it. Um, <laughs> I'm talking to myself here, but, um, but yeah, you're right. But it, but it, but it's so true that sometimes these kind of this toxic religion and religious certainty hinders yes. our creative muse. It's kind of stifles it. It's like you've got to, you've yeah. got to go, you've got to pitch it through this funnel and no other funnel. Yeah, and that's not how yeah, it should I mean, be. Mm-hmm. And the batshit irony of. And I'm not hating on religious people, but like the batshit irony of like, oh, we serve a creator that created all this stuff to then be like, you only, you can only approach art this one way is infuriating, to be honest. <laughs> but like, if I experience spirit by walking around downtown and listening to people's conversations and writing about that, how is that not interacting with spirit? How? Like, you don't have to write a worship song that gets everyone chanting and jumping with their hands up if you are taking in nature and writing about how you feel about it. Like, how is that not interacting with spirit? Like, that doesn't even make any sense. If you believe that God made everything and you're observing things and writing about them, that therein is worship, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm pagan, though. So, <laughs> um, I just. I think about it a lot because particularly because I am trained musically um, some of the most heinous things that have been said to me about my singing are your voice has too much flavor. Just sing the line back when I was uh, in a 
in a worship team with three other people. Um, I had someone say that none of the songs I chose how did he say it? It was something along the lines of like, your songs are too slow and it's not going to get the crowd going. Um, and when I said like, it, aren't we supposed to be like worshiping God? And he was like, uh, he said something along the lines of, um, well, we're serving the people. So you have to do what the people want. And I, I think about those two things a lot because the way that I want to live my life isn't in service of other people, but I'm going to do it with my flavor. Like I, I can't just be, um, I'm not going to fit into a box, you know, I'm not going to cut off my arms and my legs to be exactly what you want me to be. And I think that that is the freedom of being a creative person. You know, the stories that live in your head are whatever you want them to be without need of approval. Um, yeah, Tick, Tick, Boom was like a whole lot for me. I've been really stuck on, um, Johnny Can't Decide. Um. I love that. Yeah. Because, like, Rhea had no guide. When I left for my life, for all of the things that I've been through, it's been going through it alone, and it's the art that got me through it. So, like... I don't know. It's It definitely goes back to that whole, do I need to write? Absolutely. It's what got me through. So like my thoughts are all jumbly because I'm, I'm like emotional about that song. <laughs> but like, like having to decide if you're going to create stuff like physically isn't really the problem. It's deciding in yourself if you're going to do it even in your brain. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that Yeah, that that heart to head thing. Mm. Uh, that's a thing. Like I know that when I write from my head, it's different from when I write from my heart. Mm -hmm. I, I, mm -hmm. Like my job, my pay my day job is minute taking a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And that's literally writing through my head. Um, mm -hmm. report writing is writing through my head and I can do that and I can do that really well mm -hmm. but it's that's not me that's just work that's literally you know intellect brain energy knowledge whatever um, it's not spirit it's not heart it's not yeah. it's not me like and so part of my creative healing has been trying to reconnect my heart and my head because the best work always comes when it starts here and of course it has to filter yeah. through here but yeah. it has to start here like and i'm i'm putting my hands on my chest right now where my heart is um and because i my heart was so broken mm -hmm. I had a lot of healing to do before i could allow myself to do that and i still haven't quite got there yet but i feel yeah. a bit more recently that I'm starting to get there. Um, but okay. you have to let it heal in its own pace, I guess. But uh, yeah, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, just feel just kind of making stuff from your head. That's not. That's never going to be to me. That's never going to be your absolute best stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's not going to be your most authentic stuff. Yeah, calculative art makes me frustrated. 
Mm-hmm. Like you can tell when the writer was like, oh, we'll do this and it'll be sly. And, I'm, and it, it never hits ever. <laughs> but like talking about um, the heart healing and the art healing in its own time, like so much of my poetry was just furious, like I breathe fire angry and some of my best lines too, but it's just because all of my emotions were masked as anger. And the more that I heal, the more that I'm honest, the more that I tell the truth, the more that I uh, do things to take care of myself, you know, like I've been revisiting old rom-coms as terrible as they are. Um, It's just funny to look back at it and remember like, this is what you thought love was supposed to be like. And it just kind of goes back and closes the book on a lot of expectations. So like the more that I kind of follow these trains of thought, the emotions become more true. So like, you're not mad. I mean, kind of, but you're sad or you're not mad. You're disappointed. And that that comes out in the writing so heavily because it changes the tone entirely and it changes how you look at yourself. So definitely I'm on board with the whole giving yourself time. There's no rush. And time is fake anyway. Wibbly wobbly and timey wimey and all yes. that jazz. <laughs> yes. And the weird thing, the weird thing about time about that that line is I I've done a bit of reading about time and the science of time. Mm-hmm. And it is. Wibbly wobbly. It is. Mm-hmm. Time, is time is not hierarchical, it's circular. Right? It is. It does yeah. bend. Like I was saying mm-hmm. said this on Twitter, but uh, that you put a clock on the top floor of a house and you have another clock on the bottom floor of a house. One will move one will move slightly faster than the other because time is different mm-hmm. the higher you go. So time is not like just simple and like yeah. linear. It's it's bendy. Um and uh, <laughs> yeah, it it's 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 way more than um than we think it is. Yeah. Wibbly wobbly time wimey yeah. stuff. <laughs> I watched so much Doctor Who growing up. Like, I had a uh, an external hard drive with all the old stuff too. Like, I oh my God. am a fan. Um, awesome! I love that. Am a fan. Me too. But like, I think about specifically. I think about um, Matt Smith. He's my doctor. But the way that like the way that he modulates between fun and sad and angry and intentional all has to do with the pain that he's suffered and his commitment to the people he's around. Um, I recently had a friend uh, quote the, uh, the, the star whale episode to me and I fucking sobbed. Uh, this, This friend was like, it's incredible. It's like that Doctor Who line, you've been through so much and it just made you kind. And I was like, shut your mouth. Don't say that to me. But like, I see my art that way though. Like I've forced my heart and my writing and my singing into so many different things, you know, like, like that Starwell episode, they're zapping it to make it go when it would have just gone on its own of its own accord. Mm. 
maybe that's too niche or maybe all of your friends no, are no, all of your no, listeners no, are no, dark I, 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 yeah he just uh, yeah and, uh, yeah I mean for context people who don't know the episode this is when Great Britain is has become a basically a spaceship that is going through space and being carried through space by this this thing called a star whale and they are numbing its brain to because they are afraid that if they don't do that the whale will, will will go away and the country will be left floating in space alone and actually what happened i mean i'm going to give it completely away is that they, <laughs> is that they let it be free and it decides to help them um mm-hmm. despite what they've done to it mm-hmm. <laughs> it's um and that yeah that is a beautiful episode um and I love Matt Smith as well. David Tennant is my doctor, um, definitely. Mm. But I do love Matt Smith. I really do. Um, um, he's such a great actor and he was such a great doctor. Um, yeah. And that's a great episode. Yeah. I just, I think about that episode so much. I'm actually going to get a Star Wheel tattooed on my side. I'm so excited. Um, I have to find the right tattooist. Um, mm. But like, I mean, just going back to the plot of the that episode, it's like, I want to stop zapping my art. It's going to keep me afloat. It's going to help me live. It always has. I'm done zapping my art. Um, yeah, that's that's the journey that I've been on. Going back to the original question, what's my story? It's I was beating the crap out of my art for a very long time, and I let other people do it too. So I got to give... Got to give my heart a rest, like uh, Casey, one of our friends, was saying on Valentine's Day. Give yourself the gift of letting your heart rest for a little while. And, you know, I, the way that I think about like art, I know we're cutting on on time, but like I think about art the same way I think about energy, the same way I think about air. It exists without our approval. And we have this dope ass ability to tap into it Mm. we get to be a part of the art of things it's not it's not like a like a commodity it's a thing that we get to tap into yeah it's just there and we get to it's there it's almost in the energy of the universe and we get to connect with it and we get to engage with it and we get to have relationship with it and um yeah and uh and create from that. It's uh, yeah, pure creativity for its own sake is just joy. Um, and we take all the capitalistic stuff and platform and money and numbers and engagement and all those kind of things. It's just pure joy. Um, um, yeah. Um, this has been a great conversation. <laughs> I love talking about creativity with you. It's fantastic. I'm sure we could, you know, we we could talk about loads of other different things. Um, I'm I'm sure we'll have you back and talk about those things in the future. Um, um, but uh, oh, I love talking about creativity with you today. It was fun. I love this. Thank you so much for having me on. I know my. Uh, my ADHD brain was like pinging all over the place, but I hope it made sense to everyone. It's been something I've been cooking in my brain for a while. So mm-hmm. it's just easy to talk to you anyway. <laughs> Thank you. That's fine. Um, like, that's really kind. Thank you. Um, 
And so where can people connect with you? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok under PDX Pestle, um, like Portland's airport and mortar and pestle. Um, mm. I have a Patreon that's being revamped right now, um, but that'll be like in my bios on those social media platforms. Um, but yeah, I'm PDX Pestle on everything. Uh, follow for jokes and recipes <laughs> and stuff about herbalism and creativity and me talking about how hungry I am all the time. <laughs> Fantastic. Great. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I know that you're involved in a few other things as well at the moment and uh, people can find that on all your, on all your social media places. So uh, mm-hmm. definitely give uh, Raya a follow. They are um, incredible and inspiring. So mm-hmm. as you've, as you've heard today. So, um thanks for coming on raya and thanks for listening everybody